Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Flow Grappling Podcast, A Fistful of Collars. And we are kind of back to our regularly scheduled programming. We know it's been a minute, but myself, Howell, Reed, and Chase back in the studio for the first time in what feels like forever uh, with no special guests and no trips and no travel getting in the way of things. So finally a, a chance for us to do what we do best, sit around and talk about jujitsu. It's just us this week. No Gordon, no Wagner. You guys are just going to have to deal with us this week. It's oh. a little bit disappointing for me, to be honest. No special guests. But we do have a lot of uh, fun stuff to talk about. It's been a very Plenty. busy time, right? Very busy. I mean, to be honest, uh, the 2019 started with a bang, right? And it looks like it's probably not going to stop right up until Worlds because we had the Europeans and then there was Abu Dhabi Grand Slam, Third Coast Grappling, and there was a ton of fight to win events and ADCC trials. And it's just going to keep going like that for the, the next five months. But yeah. I guess today... All right. What should we talk about? Because there's been a lot happening recently, but some big stuff for me. I think we got to talk about ADCC trials, right? I mean, it's in the title. It's in the title it's of the video the today. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. jump right in. Yeah. We, you guys were both on the ground. Uh, give me your thoughts. Well, it was wild. Man, it, like, it just, uh, I've, you know, we went to la- the ADCC trials last year, or two years ago, I'm sorry, um, East Coast and West Coast, and uh, I was in... East Coast trials back in November, West Coast here just uh, last weekend, and it's just like every single time it feels like it just gets bigger, it just gets crazier. It, it, I just see more heel hooks. I see I see more submissions. Like it, this one especially, it just felt so big. So there's so many competitors. Man, it was such a wild tournament. It's like hard to even know exactly where to start talking about th- this tournament, but. Um, this, it was such a fun one, man. It really, it really, really was. I don't know what, what stuck out to you as a, as a. Well, I mean, you nailed it. It was fun and it was huge. There's 342 competitors, which I believe is the biggest North American trials to date. Apparently, it's not the biggest ever ADCC trials. No, like, that's what I thought. I yeah. Was so I was, I spoke to the guys on the ground at ADCC there, the, the, the crew that travels around to all the various trials events around the world, and they said that they have had. Brazilian events, which have been pretty, pretty chunky, you know. Gotcha. But um, in terms of North America, I think this is the um, this is the biggest ever, and I, I, it kind of makes me wonder why. Because you know, ADCC has always been the pinnacle of submission grappling, right? It's always been considered the Olympics of jujitsu, no gi jujitsu, should we say? Um, but you know, it's no secret how to get there. Yeah, you go to the trials, or you get an invite, and there aren't that many invites. So the kind of the trials is the best bet for most people. And I'm wondering what's changed that so many people now are thinking, yeah, we're going to do that. And I'm wondering, is it the rise of no-gi jiu-jitsu? Is it the kind of the, um, is it the, the example set by, let's say, the Danaher Death Squad and, uh, you know, kind of high-profile American grapplers competing and doing yeah. well? I'm also thinking about guys like Keenan and, you know, Gio Martinez. There's a lot of good representatives of, of various schools and various styles of no-gi jiu-jitsu who are doing well at ADCC, and it kind of makes me think other people want to emulate that. What do you think? I mean, I think that, um, you know, we talk a lot about Gordon uh, on the podcast and stuff, but I think you really got to give a, a lot of credit, in my opinion, to, to Gordon Ryan just because I think 2017 ADCC World Championships was such – a big tournament and so many people paid attention to it it felt like it felt like a real you know obviously like you said ADCC has been all around for a long time everybody knows about ADCC but especially 2017 it really felt like a big coming out party and then especially you know I don't think it's any I think you guys would all agree right that, that Gordon has just since ADCC become you know 
such a, a big star and, and it really all started for him at ADCC I think a lot of everybody is able to see oh man like you know Gordon went there his first time at ADCC he won and look where he's at now yeah and so I think if okay if I can get an invite and I can go win ADCC you know I can become a, a monumental star in the sport as well I think there's a, a greater accessibility and understanding too of leg locks like I remember when I first started training ADCC was like a whole nother world just to watch because these leg entanglements and the danger and risk involved. That's a good and, point. And now people, I think, are a little bit less fearful of, of the positions and are willing to embrace that. Or even Josh Hanger said, I don't like to attack legs, but I know how to get around that and attack the neck. So, Well, the one thing that really, really stood out for me at ADCC trials was the sheer number of leg lock attacks we saw. Like, everybody was going for leg and, attacks. And I actually thought we'd, we'd see less, you know, or like maybe not less because or we'd see more better defense, I guess, right? right. Because the the John the Danaher DVDs are out. You know, um, people have been watching um, guys leg locks for for a few years. It's obviously a very very popular uh, trend in, in jiu-jitsu right now. So I thought we'd maybe see a little bit more of an evening of the gap um, between you know guys who are leg lockers and guys guys who aren't. But um, no, we haven't. We still we still saw man. Like I said, yeah. I can't count how many heel hooks I, I still saw. Like you know, it's still a very um, highly successful submission. And it's ADCC. interesting you mentioned that there's still a big gap. There is a big gap, but it seems that there are more people now attacking for the leg locks and doing it well, right? They've got the system. They've been yeah. studying and they kind of know what to do. But then there is still a huge kind of sort of you know chunk of the jujitsu stroke grappling world that still seems to be lagging behind and it kind of makes me wonder why is that i mean you guys know that heel hooks are a thing at adcc right you've got to be prepared for that maybe it's confidence in their own games that they feel that they can avoid it or maybe it's just an ignorance on their part or maybe sometimes it could actually be a, a result of their environment because as we know a lot of schools don't allow you to train heel hooks mm. You know, and they're like, oh, no, heel hooks are banned in my gym. Like, the only time that they get the chance to go up against it is in a competition. To be fair. That's a bad scenario. Well, yeah. especially if you're going to ADCC trials where there's going to be a lot of guys, that's exactly what they're going to be looking for. So, yeah, you're definitely going to get tapped if you're not training yeah. heel hooks in, in the gym. That's, we, we've that's got for a sure. fight to win CEO and president Seth Daniels chiming in here saying that the kids stole the show. And I have to agree from home, I didn't get to go to this trials, but I was watching and. There were so many teenagers. I'm thinking of the Real Total Twins, Roberto Jimenez, the Tackett Brothers. Yeah, they're out trials there. winning Nicky Ryan. Trials running Nicky Ryan, of course. Like it's insane how good they are yeah. at the leg locks, by the way, and all positions. And they're still in high school or younger. Yeah, yeah. especially man, you got to mention that William Tackett. Um, <laughs> like that guy, I think he really came out of nowhere. You know, I think we, we watched him a, a few years ago in you know blue belt juvenile and, and last year and things, but. I mean, I don't think any of us really expected how good those guys are. And his little brother, Andrew, and I, I believe there's a third Tackett, Oh, my God, there's more brother, of them? <laughs> uh, that, that we haven't even seen yet. I could be wrong about He's that. He's still being programmed. He's not <laughs> yeah. ready for release yet. <laughs> but well, dang, that William Tackett guy, he, he impressed me so much. And, and to, to, he beat um, Enrico Coco, who's a, you know one of, the, trials winner. one of the most seasoned veterans yeah. of ADCC and ADCC trials. And so for, for an 18, 17-year-old kid, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how old he is, to to go out there and, and beat Enrico and, and you know he he lost in the finals but gave John a, a good match and you're totally right the Seth's totally right man it's just like the next generation and that's what's great about ADCC trials right you get it's to not, see them it's not yeah. blue belt versus purple belt or, or purple belt versus purple belt it is just one division and, and everybody gets in there and like you know, this is maybe crazy. a little bit off kind of 
on a tangent, but we had an interesting conversation with somebody pretty high up in the jujitsu industry. I'm not going to say who it is, but a kind of a, a, a real mover Ooh, and shaker in the in the jujitsu industry. And intrigue. Uh, but remember, we had the discussion about how you know they wanted to eliminate belts from mm. competition, and you know that's a pretty entrenched thing in jujitsu about yeah. how you know a blue belt is a blue belt and purple belt is purple belt and so on and so on and you know stay in your lane you know you compete against guys in your division right and uh and the idea was well you know if you've got confidence in your game and if you want to become a world-class competitor then the belt shouldn't really matter that you know you should just have everybody compete against everybody and i thought that was a totally wild idea and i'm really not sure how that would go down in the community i kind of feel that there would be a lot of resistance to that but you get that at ADCC. You get that at ADCC trials. You know, we've seen like, like like you say, juvenile blue belts, like the Ruotolo twins. And, you know, you've got like very young, you know, teenage purple belts like Nicole Evangelista, Elizabeth Clay, Nikki Ryan, mm-hmm. Tackett. Yeah. And, and then you've got seasoned black belts like Josh Hinger, like, you know, Richie Martinez and so on and so on. And, and then Nick Rodriguez. The nine-month blue belt out yeah, of Hensel Gracie, you know, <laughs> like coming out and, and winning gold. So it's kind of a free-for-all, right? It's part of fun, man. Battle Royale. Um, I'm all for it, by the way. The, the open competition belt rank doesn't matter. Um, I, I think in this proposed scenario that we were discussing, there would be like a qualifying tournament, and that would be at your belt rank, and that would get you the ticket in to where it would be all the winners compete. And to me, that's a fascinating idea. And we've seen it at Spider, ADCC, and other events that mix mixed levels, mixed belts, um, and that Michael Galval has been yeah he's murdering it. black belts and yeah. he's an orange belt or something a new a juvenile two blue belt um, yeah. the skills are there so I think there will be some resistance to it but I'm all for it and I think it's we'll see more and more I think yeah I, I definitely think that the um, the next generation is really going to change the game you know and they clearly kind of already are um, and you know maybe guys who who we expected to make to the finals or, or guys who we expected to, to win got knocked off by by some of those guys and Roberto Jimenez another young you know he's a brown belt but another young young man that um did well as well so it's like these next generation guys are hungry these young guys are hungry and they're looking to make a name for themselves now not tomorrow you know yeah feel that so uh we covered the youth but I got to give a shout out to the old dogs here too and uh (laughs) Choo choo. Oh, That's very true. Loved watching Josh Hinger beast his way through the eighty eight kilogram bracket. Um just doing his own game, commitment to the to the head head and neck attacks, I should say. Face attacks maybe, but he's he's fun to watch. Yeah, we got a, a, a clip of Josh, right? Should we should we roll the clip? Yeah. Let's yeah. take a look at that. Dude, Josh is making guillotines cool. <laughs> Josh is single handedly making guillotines like the coolest submission there is. And so this clip is from his final, right? Yeah, this is Charles Rosa Rosa. Stanley Rosa. Stanley, I'm sorry. Stanley Rosa versus uh Josh Hanger in the final. Eighty eight kilograms. Look at the way that just when when Josh latches onto that neck, he just does not let go. Look at that. Like Stanley's doing his best, he's trying to bail out of it, he's trying to roll and, and Josh is just like clamped on. Chase and I I've had the pleasure. No, no from experience this uh, this situation, but yeah, like you know, I in a little interview afterwards, he says, you know, I I'm, once I get this position, like psh, good Sorry. luck, good luck getting Josh Hanger off your neck once you're in this position. Did you, you know? ever see Josh's post about being a connoisseur of chins? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Seen that. yeah, apparently he can tell a lot by a person just by touching the chin, <laughs> <laughs> because he has like this incredible whole series. It all comes off the there chin strap, is. right? And 
And that in that case, that was not a guillotine. That was an anaconda choke. Yeah. He switched to it. So, and it, that's the crazy thing about him is he can just cycle through those different grips so fluidly. Yeah. And, and feeling it too when you're trying to bail out and roll one way, he just changes his one step yeah. ahead. It's like if you think you have good guillotine guillotine defense, well, you better roll have good darts defense I and mean, then you better have good anaconda defense and so it's like you know it's not just one choke that that josh is trying to get you with he's got a whole whole system there and mm. yeah yeah i was so happy obviously you know a lot of us we've, we've worked with josh over the years and stuff and and man how sick was that to see him see him go out there and, and win? It was, well, he it was came awesome. pretty close last time, right? He took third at the 2017 trials. And and what was it Reedy said to you? But he said that he, he, he didn't want to get the invite, right? Even though he's a three-time Nogi World Champion, he didn't want the invite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what he said. You know, I think that, um, um, you know, there's been some kind of like, um, um, I don't know, I'm blanking on the word I'm trying to think of. But, um, you know, People get a little uh, complacent. That's what I'm trying to think. Mm -hmm. Complacent and and think, you know, oh, I won Nogi Worlds. I'll probably get an ADCC invite. And then maybe they do, maybe they don't, right? Probably not, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. probably Probably not. not. If you're banking on it, you know, I'd say probably not. And uh, so you got you got to love the attitude of Josh. You got to respect the attitude of of you know not uh, not waiting for any hands handouts and going out there and, and getting it. And that's Specifically what he said that he wanted to do it the old fashioned way. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that a lot because there is a lot of people who kind of um, you know they they kind of have high opinions of themselves and they feel that they should get an invite. They deserve know? things or, or whatnot. And yeah, that, exactly. You know, Josh said, "Hey, you Screw know, it. I don't deserve anything. I, I'll go out there." and and earn my way, and so glad that he did because, man, one of the most exciting guys to to watch in jiu-jitsu, and and like you said, not a heel hooker, not a not seventeen years old, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, definitely he's, he's out there representing. Yeah. Speaking of uh, exciting, man, one of the most exciting guys for me at the entire tournament was the seventy-seven kilogram winner, John Combs. Mm. Now it's John, kind of funny, John. Right? John, <laughs> yeah. John. <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, li- literally I saw people asking the question after trials like who the hell is John Combs mm. like who is this guy who came out of nowhere to win the 77 kilogram trial and I kind of feel it's a little bit unfair because we've been following John you know man since he was a brown belt right since yeah. he tore his way through pans 2016 tapping out everybody in his division like just one after the other yeah, incredible he had, he had less than five minutes of total match time in his <sighs> entire bracket just Isaac I was going to say, I think like one of the only guys yeah. to beat Isaac at brown belt Submitted there. 52 seconds with, Definitely. with the guillotine, the comatine, as he calls it. <laughs> Him and Josh have a lot in common. With that, uh, and, then, and then later that year, the 2016 Grand Prix uh, in Copa Podio, the middleweight Grand Prix, he went down to Argentina, and that's where we really got to know him, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where the chance comes <laughs> from, because he won over the hearts of the, the Argentinian crowd, even in defeat, and he went out there, and literally nobody knew who this random American was in Argentina, and by the end of the night, they were chanting his name like he was a king of Buenos Aires. It was incredible. Yeah, I, th- I think Keenan said it best on the broadcast when he was commentating at trials that John is just like amazing to watch. He's a, he's a pit bull, he's a fire starter of energy, and uh, he brings it to anybody. He's fearless. I watched him at the Austin Open because he actually came out and um, stayed with me, which is really cool. And he took on Joel Gabriel in the absolute and almost submitted him with a guillotine. I mean, Joel had to like really, really bust out of there. And there's 90-pound weight difference at least. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if we you guys haven't tough. seen that that one night in Argentina, The Legend of John Combs, pull it up. It's on YouTube on the site. And it really shows just how fun John Combs is to watch. And, and yeah, this match right here that, that, we're, that we're watching right, right here, I think this just, like, just really encapsulates um, John's attitude and John's kind of like never quit, you know, like – and he really does have – the heart of a champion man mm. like and 
And I think this match right here where he was deep in a um, in an arm triangle there, you know, and that's it looked it looked very bleak um, when it was happening. And, uh, you know, I, I did a quick little interview with him afterwards. And, he, you know, he really pointed that, that out as a moment of that he wasn't going to forget because it, it sounded like that joke was very, very <laughs> close. And he basically said, I'm not going to tap. I'm going to go out. And he he survived and ended up coming back and, and submitting that guy. And I think that is just like, that is who John Combs is as a grappler. <laughs> That's crazy. The ref just commented here. Yeah. Eduardo uh, Crema, I don't know if you're saying your name right. He said, I can't believe you got out of that arm triangle. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me too, man. I was filming it and I, you know, you know, I, I obviously lo- lo- like watching John and I'm not sure. Um, I forget this, the other guy's name there. I apologize. But um, I, I thought it was for sure. I thought it was over. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was over right so there. It was a done deal. Yeah. Wow, incredible. I mean, John actually said to me as well in his post-match interview uh, after he won the entire thing uh, that he said that up until now, he's kind of got by with, you know, being scrappy, having a lot of heart, you know. But he did have a rough road when he got to Black Belt, you know. He tapped out a couple of, you know, he tapped out Marcus Tanaka at Pans one year. That was a big deal, 2017 Pans, you know. Um, Marcus Tanaka, one of the best guys in the world. Um, But then he would often have really, really tough first-round matches or second-round matches, and he would not proceed in the division. So mm, yeah, rough, remember, you know? I remember Europeans, right? He had um, um, Michael Lange, Eesh. who's a very, very technical, tough. He had Hanato Canuto one year, and, too. And, or, yeah. and then he did the absolute division mm. and had Hanato Canuto yeah. in there. Um, so, yeah, you know, those are, those are definitely a couple tough matches. And but he said to me that, you know, that he, he kind of realized that he was going to have to measure his heart and his you know his will to win uh with technique and and basically he had some injuries that he was dealing with last year that's why we didn't see him compete much in 2018 um but he used that time to really focus on teaching uh as well as training and and kind of switch his mindset a little bit to the way that he trains he's training more intelligently and focusing more on technique and uh man i think if this is john with those two things you know at the same level then I'm kind of excited to see that what he's got because that was really impressive performance. Absolutely, uh, you know, like you said, there was a uh, what uh, 112 guys in 77, yep. 112 guys, six in matches to win gold, and he had a bye in the first round and five five <laughs> submissions. Yeah, five wow. out of six matches ended by submission. Yeah. Incredible, Three insanely <laughs> impressive, insanely impressive day for, for John. And, and and man, that's the other thing, ACC trials. It was a long day. Yeah, it was. It was a long day. These guys got there 8 a.m., weighed in before 9, and we didn't do the finals until, what, 9.30, 10? Easily, yeah. You know? Yeah, I'd say so. It was a long day for these guys, and, and um, yeah, man, I think that just goes to show even more, um, especially Josh and, and all, all the, the winners, you know, their, their will to win. It was a, not an easy tournament to win by any means. Yeah. I know – there were a lot of good stories coming out of so many. Uh, it was trials, it's hard right? to it's hard to touch on them all really because <laughs> yeah there there were some great matches you know the the female divisions I loved the female divisions too like there was actually I thought uh, some really good a lot of a lot of competitive uh, matches there as Jenna well. Jenna Bishop really stood out to me with her wrestling mm-hmm. you know um, yeah she's taking people down all over the place. ADCC yeah. exposes a lot of jiu-jitsu athletes for really not having any sort of stand up game. Uh, I 
can count myself in that group. <laughs> and Jenna looked fantastic on the feet and won a couple matches that way, I believe. Super aggressive, yeah. The um, the over 60 kilogram trials winner as well, Amanda Levy, really stood out to me because I'll be honest, she wasn't really on my radar coming into this. And, and she did compete at the previous trials and she, she didn't do that great. Uh, I believe she lost by submission, but she came in this time and, you know, when, when she made it into the finals and, and after she won, I made a point of looking her up. And, and this is somebody, she's a she's an MMA fighter. She does kickboxing, she does grappling, and she's been trained since she was a kid, little kid, you know? And it's really interesting because um, she's recently opened her own gym as well in, mm. in the Philadelphia area, I believe. So, you know, she's a brown belt. She's coming out of a, a really good stable of fighters, you know, the kind of the Henzo Gracie, Ricardo Almeida stroke, you know, network there in sort of Jersey, Philly. And uh, for somebody to come to trials like that and, and blow through everybody, I was like, damn, that's impressive. So a lot of good performances. But um, I think there's, there's one that we have to really talk about, right? Is <laughs> the one. That Mason Fowler choke was crazy, though, too. Yeah, yeah, that, that was insane. That was absolutely insane. Come on, that was crazy one. But to go ahead, yeah, I agree. We, there is one. There is one. There is we one. Should, we be- talk before about before we say that as well, I should also, man, you just reminded me by even just saying actually. the magic no. word, the choke. All but one final was finished by submission. How so crazy is that? many submissions. Man. Lots of submissions. I was just like left and right catching chokes and heel hooks. That's a good like, day to be filming. Sometimes we're out there shooting and it's like, oh man, another vanish battle here. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that they, sounds fun. Yeah, there was just so many submissions. It was, a, it was crazy. But yes, the one that we're uh, really, everybody was talking about was Nicky Ryan. Apparently, there's a new king. Right? He's looking to push <laughs> his brother classic. off that like throne. That. Yeah. So, Nikki, man, he came out, and there were a lot of eyes on Nikki. I thought yeah. it was really interesting, right? We, that anytime Nikki had a match, it seemed like everybody went to whichever mat he was on. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pressure for a 17-year-old kid to deal with, right? It is. It really is. And, and like we were talking about earlier there, you know, I think that uh, this was a big win for Nikki. This was, like, a really big win, and like we said, it's a, you know— there's no gimmies for any of these guys you know Nikki had some tough matches and had some had some you know tough guys in there and and honestly we haven't seen Nikki really do that before excel as much as he did in a tournament environment of course we've seen him excel in in a super fight environments and things like that but this is this was a new fold in Mm -hmm. my opinion for me it really clinched the hype as as being real because You know, John and Nikki's coaches and his brother, they're very calculated with the super fights they accept, right? Like, they, they take smart fights for Nikki. And so putting him in trials, an open tournament, and taking on a beast like Keith Kikorian in the final and submitting him is is a, the real deal. So. Yeah, and it's a risk as well, right? Because, you know, if you've spent time in developing that kind of uh, that profile and that status, then, you know, a, a, a tournament, a lot can go wrong in a tournament, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's just like, you know, the middle match, you know, somebody tweaks your knee or something and it can derail your performance all the way out. And, and it's important to note that Nikki actually came out of this tournament was, he was pretty beat up. Mm. Um, I forget how many matches he had in total. I think it was five, five matches. There you go. He had a buy in the first round too. Gotcha. And, uh, and he right at the end, I believe of the, of the, of the event, you know, his shoulder was really messed up mm. from, I think at some point, maybe even the final, but he went out and, uh, and he tapped everybody. <laughs> five matches, five submissions, like definitely, I think Nikki was is the the winner of, of the tournament, the um the OW outstanding wrestler, or the the Hodge Trophy winner. If they had that, get at, out of here with that <laughs> at ADCC. I think it would be uh I think it'd be Nikki just because how dominant he was, especially in the final. We I think we all know how, how tough Keith Kikorian is. He made the finals 
Um, that's double silver for Keith, right? Du- du- trials. Double silver for Keith. So, you know, and, and who knows? Keith could get an invite. That He he gave out two very impressive performances. And, and Keith's still a brown belt, right? Still a brown belt. Just, just got his brown belt not too long ago. I didn't even know Keith that well at all. I heard about him a little bit right before the East Coast trial. So now he's like a staple for me as a 10th Planet guy to watch. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely one of the, the, the fastest rising guys. And I think, man, to make – he had five matches, and I think he had – multiple definitely multiple submission if not all of his matches were submissions um so you know keith i think very tough to make it to the to the finals two two times in a row and then for nikki to submit him you know ethan didn't didn't submit him it was just a uh, points mm. match so you know N- nikki was able to get this uh this is choke right here we're watching uh nikki versus keith kerkorian this was the final right here so yeah, just an insanely impressive performance f- from Nikki, and then you know we talked to him afterwards, and and um, he's very focused on winning uh, the 2019 ADCC World Championships. That's that's what's the most fun about this entire process, in my opinion, mm. is that now we get to see these winners mix it up. You know, we could Nikki could mix it up in there with. Cobrinha or Paulo Miao or, or you know some of these guys. Have any brothers is... ever medaled at the same ADCC? Ooh, what a good question. question. Hmm. I don't know if Solo and Shanji competed at the same events. It is possible, right? There are a lot of brothers. There are there brothers. Are. We'll have to dive into the uh, viewers. Let us know out there if, if you're yeah. watching and you happen to know. Uh, have any other brother or sister duo? I don't believe that. That would be well known. I think if sisters pulled that off. Um, yeah. Have metal at the same ADCC. Good question. But going back to Nikki for a second, I, I, you know, a couple of things really stood out about this. The the number one, he looked very different to the Nikki that we've seen in previous ADCCs. Right, he's two years older. He's a lot bigger. He cut sixteen pounds to make the weight limit this time. How how much did he say that he was under last time? I think he said he was like one thirty five, so he's ten pounds pounds underneath that. So that's a big swing. He's he's 26 pounds bigger than he was the last time he competed at ADCC. You know, he's growing. He's filling out. His technique is obviously, you know, still improving. He looked bigger, right? He did. His his back is looking big. His shoulders look bigger, you know? So he's definitely looking stronger. And uh, I I, I felt that his match with, with, with Keith was, you know, incredible, the final. But Nicky himself said that his toughest match of the day was Cade Ruotolo. Isn't that crazy? I just watched that before the podcast, actually. I hadn't Wild seen it yet. Wild match. It's a fun match. And Kay looked really good. Yeah. He did. I mean, he eventually got caught in a, in a leg lock. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's not a huge surprise, right? Because um, I believe it was Cade who also got tapped with a leg lock at the last ADCC trials. And he kind of hurt his knee a little bit. Is that right? No. Uh, it was Ty? Or... or they I can't both, tell they, the difference to those kids. I'm they sorry. They both got tapped by he- Helix. Um, so... But it was Ty, at Ty, East Coast trials or at, at East Coast trials. Yeah, yeah. But Ty, Ty was the one who got tapped from um, Ethan and kind of hurt his knee. Got you. Okay, so sorry, I kids, I can't tell the difference. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm making it my mission to to tell those two guys apart. I, I feel like I'm 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 doing pretty good. It only took me three four years to to figure out the difference between Joao and Paulo Miao. Yeah, right? yeah, true. And there's the, there's the Luna brothers as well, Mateus and Matias, identical twins. I'm kind of. 90% certain I know which one's which now. I don't have that one down. Yeah, one's got a scar, the other one doesn't. That's that's, true. that's the defining factor. But, man, those those two brothers, the Rotolos, pff, no idea. <laughs> but 
Um, also, another guy who really impressed me in the in Nikki's run was that Richard Alakon. Uh, mm. Richard Alakon from sorry. One Jiu Jitsu. Alakon. Yeah, I didn't know him that well either, but I was watching his matches and he looked very tough. He beat John Calistine, correct? And I believe he took third place, second match. So yeah, I think yeah. Right. So I mean, he was he was he was looking really good as well, and I I like that that uh, ADCC. Mm kind of introduces us to people that we might not otherwise know you mm-hmm. know like Stanley Rosa for example you know took silver to Josh Hinger I kind of had heard of him as in a you know a, an affiliate member of the Henzo squad he trains out of the Bronx I didn't know that him I didn't know him well enough I hadn't seen that much of him to know that he could go out there and beat a three times trials winner like James Brasco you know that was incredible right so there's there's always a way for these guys to kind of you know ADCC trials just gives us the opportunity to learn about people. Um, yeah, it brings like out that. it brings out a lot of different different guys that we don't see, right? You know, it's it, we, get, we get the jiu-jitsu guys, but then you get the wrestlers, MMA guys. you get the MMA guys, you know, we get the uh, the like couple other martial arts. Like there's like usually one or two, like maybe like a sambo guy or like a, you know some other weird martial art that I'm not some sure. Some people catch, crawl out of the woods, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 there were some guys there from uh, Highestan, which is uh, Goku's mm. team, and they're kind of like a Sambo, sambo blend. stroke yeah. fusion, right? So that was that was kind of cool. Tenth Planet, you know, had Obviously. a huge squad out, out there as well, so awesome. It's just like a really mix of like so many different styles and, yeah. and everything like that. It really makes for some fun, exciting matches. I, I know. I cannot wait for for the ADCC I'm so hyped Worlds. For, for Worlds. It's just going to be like I love that this is an ADCC year. Um, you know, from what I hear in the grapevine, this is going to be the, the the biggest, baddest ADCC Worlds there's ever been. You I know, think tickets just LA. went on sale like this week. Ooh. I saw that Mo, the the promoter for Worlds, has released the link there. You guys can find it. Just search for ADCC Worlds 2019 tickets, and I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah, and they say that they're going like really pulling out all the stops for the production this time as well it's going to be like you know a, a real real show it's not just going to be a case of a couple mats in the middle of an arena so time, arena. To, time to make some predictions then who's going to win the 66 in uh, September who's going to win 77 Ooh, I don't know <laughs> I on the spot man yeah. to, to be honest I'm really excited because in March we have the Brazilian trials in yeah. April we have the second European trials and I believe it's May has the second Asian trials that's in Japan in Tokyo so this I'm, I'm kind of really interested to see who's going to come out of those ones as well. Like the Brazilian ones especially. Because there's only one South American trials this year. It's in Sao Paulo, Brazil mm-hmm. at the end of March. And do we have any idea if Kennedy is going to do that? Because if Kennedy yes, and Cobrinha both go to ADCC, I would be pretty hyped on that. Yeah, Robert, well, the whole, so, reason, yeah. the whole reason for Kennedy doing light featherweight at Europeans, because uh, he did featherweight at Nogi Worlds in December, light featherweight at Europeans in January, is because Cabrinha said to me that basically Kennedy is gradually dropping weight uh, and so that he can do 66 kilos, uh, which is like 145, 146 pounds roughly, at uh, the ADCC trials at the end of March. So... Uh, whether he's going to do pans, maybe not, because pans is like two weeks before trials, and that that's going to affect things actually, because there's going to be a bunch of guys. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do both, um, hmm. but I I have heard through the grapevine there's a few people who's very interested in trials. I know Gabriel Arges is going to be in the country around about that time. Hmm. You know, Interesting. speaking on the kind of behind the scenes to a few people, some big names have their eyes on the trials. So I think the Brazilian trials could could uh, provide us with some. Because, you know, normally the big-name Brazilians that we see in ADCC all the time, they don't need to do trials, right? They're They've qualified. <laughs> so, exactly. So, I'm just, you know, maybe you can 
mm-hmm. through process of elimination. That would explain why Gabriel would be excited to fight Craig Jones next weekend as yeah. a little ADCC uh, prep fight. That's Grapple Fest 4 that's going down in, uh, I think, Liverpool in the UK. It'll be streamed live on Flow Grappling and, the, of course, available on demand. But the, I can't wait for that match, that's Craig match. versus Gabriel. Good clash of styles Submission there. only, right? Submission only. I believe it's a 20-minute match. Grapple um, doing some big things over there. there they are. Go. Really gaining some steam. Lachlan Giles is also in the co-main event against Bradley Hill. And uh, Fionn Davis will be on the on the show as well. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a very intriguing match. Like, Craig, obviously an amazing leg hawk artist. But, you know, pretty good all round. Say he'd have to be a bit bigger than Gabriel, right? Gabriel's uh, but Gabriel's been getting chunky. That's he's been working out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Gabriel has been getting getting bigger. Did I you see if... Edwin? Did you see Edwin's post about how he's what 185 pounds right now? I just saw that he looked bigger than Cyborg in some Instagram post. <laughs> Whoa! No, for real. Edwin yeah. posted like a body composition shot from like a you know the the gym that he trains at, and he's like 180 something pounds, eight percent body fat. He's like. Goodbye, lightweight. Oh, dang. Never again. Dang. Right. I, uh, I know he's cut a lot of weight to get down to lightweight. Yeah. In the past, so. He's looking big. <laughs> I would love to see Edward in at ADCC. I think he'd be a great addition. Um, fortunately, he hasn't been able to do any of the trials, so we'll see how that goes. But he's definitely got a, a fun style in Nogi. Very loose, open, dangerous, so. Yeah. Oh, he's a finisher. That's the best thing, right? Those guys. They, they go out there and they, they tap guys out, so. But yeah, Edwin uh, still kind of recovering his knee. And speaking of knee injuries, Gordon. Mm. Gordon's going to have to get surgery. Now, the question is, how long is that going to take him out for? That's the question. Is he going to be able to come back with enough time? Because I believe that they did a three-month training camp for the last ADCC Worlds. In 2017, they spent three months just training for ADCC Worlds. Why not? That's that's their pinnacle, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It worked out, I guess, right? But, you know, is the kind of the layoff, the enforced layoff because of the injury, is that going to eat into his preparation time? And, you know, will he miss now the heavyweight Grand Prix that's been scheduled for August, that he, you know, the IBJJF heavyweight Grand Prix? A lot of question marks over that, and we won't know because Gordon said that he's going to hopefully get surgery at the end of this month. And apparently the LCL is, if you're going to tear something, the LCL is one of the better ones to to mess up. So hopefully he won't be out too long I have read six to eight weeks for a normal post-surgery recovery back to training but who knows it all depends on how invasive the surgery is and everything but apparently it's an open procedure as well like some knee operations they can do just like with the scope yeah the scope arthroscopy but uh, with the LCL they do have to slice you open gotcha yeah I don't know if you saw but uh, PJ Barch was uh, was walking around and him similar knee brace yeah him and Gordon had matching knee braces right and (laughs) PJ had like a huge scar right at the front of his kneecap mm. from the a, a huge ACL reconstruction that he had to undergo, and he's going to be out well indefinitely. To be honest, you know, it'll be a, a while before we see him back. So it's a shame because I actually thought that PJ, if he'd done West Coast Trials, he probably could have been one of the favorites to. He's got a great, great style, yeah. mix of yeah. wrestling and, and submission heavy. He, yeah. he beat um, William Tackett at the East Coast Trials, so you know, that which is where he hurt his knee. Yeah, I, so, believe, I believe it was that match. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, that's a lot to unpack. ADCC was definitely uh, a lot of fun, and I think we're all super excited. Even we Seth are. has chimed in here. The uh, Again, the CEO of Fight to Win has promised that this world will look like something we've never seen before because he's helping out with the production of that. So that will be pretty damn cool, I think. That is yeah, going to be we good. Can, we can talk a little bit about Fight to Win, too. We, you know, Man, I, I, I just came back from uh, 
from Hawaii mm. fight to win 100. That's Shut right. Up. You did do that. Feels <laughs> like, it feels like <laughs> it was it three, in. three months ago. <laughs> it, honestly, it feels like it was like forever ago. I'm surprised um, it took you this long to mention that. Like, <laughs> you know, I was in Hawaii. Pull up the, <laughs> young Jamie, pull up the cliff diving. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. And uh, so that was fight to win 100. You know, that was a, a big one. And How did uh, that go? Hawaii. That's the first time that the fight would ever been uh, to Hawaii, right? Dude, it was terrible. <laughs> it was yeah, just, it was, right. it was absolutely, no, no. You guys should never go to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, man, oh my gosh. Hawaii was just absolutely incredible. It was so much fun, you know, and um, I, I'd never been to, to Hawaii, and but the, the island, the culture there was so welcoming, and uh, the, you know, I think the um, pe- people, the, the Hawaiians there were so excited to have jiu-jitsu there. You know, they were really primed for it. It seemed like in the past you know they they just had a bellator event not too long ago yeah um but besides that you know it sounded like really the only like, jiu-jitsu tournaments that have come around is like the nagas you know so this was a very fresh and new experience for them of course i think a lot of them had, had seen fight to wins and or seen highlights and things like that and but so i mean just really from man from go from the the minute like that place was was open it was packed like mm-hmm. 1500 1800 people from 5.30 to 10.30. You know, it was a very attentive crowd. Um, you know, speaking of the crowd, because uh, I was I was asking Seth, he, he, you know, we were hanging out a little bit there last weekend in uh, in L.A., and um, he likes the rowdy crowds. You know, yeah. he likes the crowds who get drunk and, like, you know, bang on the mat and stuff. And he said that the Hawaiians were pretty chill, kind of as you'd expect, but they were singing. Is that right? There were a lot of songs? Yeah, I, I, especially the... Um, Cavarina squad there they they mm. really brought um a big contingent they had um tracy goodale she's uh, in the main event was in the main event she's uh, of Cavarina's, and then um uh caesar um casimiro C- C- Cas- 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 there yeah yeah sorry caesar <laughs> he he's also Cavarina's, and and he um uh, really was very clear to me it was a big part of the team over there as well so um and and they brought a huge huge squad and so especially it, it felt like especially whenever the cavarini guys were up there was a there was a whole thing um that, didn't you say there was 15 guys from their team is that the team yeah yeah 15 guys 15 on one guys, fight to win event that sounds pretty cavarini. fun i would love to go and support 15 of my career yeah, yeah, fight to win. yeah and but there's a lot of schools helson gracie you know i believe I, i'd heard that he'd been in hawaii for over 20 he years he was considered like the godfather of jiu-jitsu in hawaii for a long time yeah. he's he he left now i think he's back in brazil nowadays but i mean i think he has a lot of black belts in hawaii yeah he he was there he was the guy for years yeah in a number of schools and um there you know there were schools from from different different islands i think um one of them was called like um the the compound Mm. and they they were from the the big island they're from like hilo i believe and um so they brought guys from different islands to, to, to this you know it, man, I think people are maybe underestimate exactly how much jujitsu there is in Hawaii right because it's, it's very popular it's not that big a place but there is a ton of jujitsu just like right around the the, the the corner from my um, from where I was staying there was a, a jujitsu gym you know and then there was a Cavarinha there's like five Cavarinhas gyms on on the island plus there's like three or four I believe House and Gracie gyms on the island um, you know and that the Alimalei uh, McFarland there, who who just is the uh, Bellafo- Bellator uh, 125 pound champion, so and of course BJ Penn, so it, just like the fight culture there, man. Like I said, uh, there's not much b- else to say that, that the the place was 
rocking. The place was so excited for Jiu-Jitsu. And I think Fight to Win 100s, it was just like a real great kickoff to what I think is going to be a, a huge transformative year for, for Fight to Win, you know. And, we, you know, they just started Fight to Win Judo on Fight to mm-hmm. Win 101. Man, I love that. That was great. I was saying to Seth when I saw him, I was like, man, I didn't know what to expect from the first one. But if that's the way it's going to be, I'm really excited to see the rest. And really they're cool concept. Gonna, yeah, they're going to load like stuff. one or two matches on, on every event pretty much, right? If, or more. Seth is very well connected within the in the judo community, I think, and he's getting a lot of, you know, he was a judo a of, athlete himself, right? Yeah, he was an Olympic hopeful for, for for many years. He trained at the uh, uh, the Olympic Training Center in in Colorado and, and was trying to uh, do that thing. So you know, I think he's got um, explains the foot sweep. Yeah, but exactly. from hell that he's got. Yeah, yeah, hey, for real. And they've got a packed schedule of events coming yeah, up. Yeah, and then as well, just looking you know. up, looking this weekend in 102 has up some big names, of course. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, one of our favorites. Taking on Max 2018 uh, Black Belt of the Year, taking on uh, another guy we know well, Max Jimenez. And then I think from there, 103, 104, like. There are some big matches we got coming. There are, so right? It's so it's going to be a big year for Fight to Win. 103 has got Gutenberg Pereira up against Alexandro Sacconi in the uh, in the main event. Um, this is in Houston, Texas on March 1st, by the way. And then you got uh, the return of Hanette Stack, a uh, legend Very in cool. women's jiu-jitsu. Yeah. She's taken on uh, uh, Tubby Alaquin. And then you got Tomoyuki Hashimoto is on the card as well. He's got uh, Jose Carlos Lima of GF Team. Which really is a crazy cool. match. Both those guys are not based in the U.S. Tomoyuki is in Japan most of the year and uh, Jose Carlos Lima I think lives in Brazil most most of the year as well so yeah I mean they could be you know potentially training in the States for pans or something because that's only a couple weeks out so they could be doing cards but it's great to have them on the show and then uh, fight to win 104 is, is stacked as well you've got Lovato Jr. versus Yuri Samoyes in the main event that's an incredible match right there and uh, you also got Manuel Hibamar versus DJ Jackson. I know Nacieli is uh, Nacieli de Jesus is fighting Talita Nogueira as well. Mm-hmm. So and, uh, and and more matches TBD. So it's just, just man from here on out the fight to win schedules. Yeah, they they are really stepping up. I think their um, their cards and, and putting on some. You know, the events have always always been great, obviously, but it just really feels like they're they're throwing out some some big names, some some heavy hitters, and it's it's gonna be a good year for them as well. You know, I just. I, Sort of bring that up again once, you know, Yuri Samoys versus Lovato Jr. How badass a match is that? No gi match. I love Lo- that Lovato still takes pro super fights even oh, though he's right against dangerous yeah, opponents. Yeah. yeah. The, listen, two-time ADCC world champion, multiple-time no gi world champion. Yeah, Yuri is the man. Yuri is an absolute monster. But I love that Lovato is still out there testing himself and competing on the pro stage. It's great. And I know Dallas is like a second home to... to um. Lovato. Oh, Lovato. Yeah, he, he. You know, he, that's where kind of he started training, right? He started Machados? training with, with Machados mm. in in Dallas. You know, he would dr- him and his dad would drive down from from uh, Oklahoma. It's like a six or seven hour drive, I, I think. And they would drive down and and train with um train with uh, the Machados and um and what's his name Chuck Norris down in uh, <laughs> what's his name down in down so I think that'll be a, a good homecoming for 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 uh, Lovato too. That, that's very a nice. great match. Yeah. And speaking of great matches, uh, we've got an event that we're very excited about as well. Right? We have the Flow Grappling Showdown on February twenty third. So a uh, new concept for uh, for Flow. We're actually running our own event, and it's a uh, a five on five 
Uh, not all at the same time. Not ten guys all grappling at the same time. But although f- <laughs> we did consider that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's a team of five up against a team of five. GF team versus Atos. And it's happening in uh, Solana Beach at Studio Five Forty. And the only way to watch that is you can't get tickets. You can't be there. The only watch. The only way to watch is live on floor grappling. And that's February twenty third. You guys excited for that? Man, I'm so pumped. Reed and I are going to be there along with Will and uh, Ricardo is going to be there. So it's going to be super fun. And I just love the idea. You know, we're seeing more team-based competitions sort of come out in, in pro jiu-jitsu, but I think this is probably the purest. I mean, these are two teams that train together daily, or two, I should say two sets of athletes, and uh, representing Atos and GF team, and they're all elite. So I, I, I can it get any better than that? It's like a straight-up old-school challenge as well, mm-hmm. right? It's like, who's the best team? Let's get them in a neutral space. Get your five best. Yeah, get your five best guys in neutral space, and let's, let's hash it out. And of course, there's also $15,000 on the line to the winning team. Oh, is that all? <laughs> yeah, so not a bad day. And, uh, man, it, there's a lot of pride involved. I think these guys really want to rep their teams. Hell, yeah. Exactly. Bonuses for submissions, everything. So plenty of incentive to go out there and win. And even just that rep in the team alone is, is motivation enough, right? Yeah, and when I was out in California um, just last week, you know, I did a little bit of stuff with Atos and NGF team. And like you said, man, these guys are excited. These guys are excited to, to rep their team, I think. You know, like, you know, we know that jiu-jitsu is very tribal. You know, that we know that, that teams are a, are a big, big thing in, in jiu-jitsu. And I think that this is like a, a rare opportunity for, for these guys to, to really um, put their team first, you know. And, you know, because jiu-jitsu is an individual sport. It's also yeah. a team sport, but it, it is an individual sport. Um, but this is a real opportunity to, um, to go out there and, and like, you know, represent for your team, right? And it's not just—it's not just those five guys. You know, Atos is a big international team. GF team is a is a big international team. So I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of guys rooting for for their teams all over the world. Like I said, it's it's. I a mean, we've very seen tribal. it in the comments on our, our social media. You know, oh, yeah, other, people other are affiliates up. are fired up to watch their teams go. Andre Galvao and, and Julio Caesar, both coaches, are going to be there. The presidents of both associations. I can't get any better than that. Absolutely. Super um, stoked for that. And Keenan. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's have some of these names involved. We got Keenan, Gutenberg, Lucas Hulk, Kynan Duarte, Dante Leon, a bunch of the like best guys in the world going head to head. Yeah, and, and that's a, it's an interesting. Spicy. <laughs> it's interesting kind of how it all falls down, too, because like, you have like Max Jimenez, right? Where Max Jimenez is just, I'm not sure how how he is but he's like 110 kilos like he's a uh, and the rest yeah he's, he's a huge he's a huge guy and Atos doesn't really have a guy who's that that big you know so they slot in I, I believe Kain and Duarte in there to, to, to try to it's just a super interesting bunch of interesting matchups in there I think it's I don't know how exactly compelling. that's going to play out. Very compelling. It's going to be fun. So we, we arrive on the ground uh, that Thursday night. Friday will be the weigh-in, so we'll be doing on-the-ground coverage there, meet with the guys before the bouts happen, and then Saturday, the 23rd, is when the event will go down. During the day, fun. I believe, right? During yeah, the day. i, I got to double-check that, but yeah. <laughs> West Coast time uh, during the yeah, day. Yeah. yeah. Man, so many great events and coming up. And that's the same day as the um, Grapple Fest. It is, yes. Yeah, so um, many great events coming in. up. It's a lot of jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Next week, well, this weekend, we've got Fight to Win 102. There's also IBJJF Pan Kids. Weekend after, Grapple Fest 4, Flow Grappling Showdown. And in March, man, pedal to the metal because you got Fight to Win 103, 104, and more. Uh, you got Spider is coming up on 2nd of March. You got Abu Dhabi Grand Slam London and the Abu Dhabi King of Mats, lightweight. Pans, so much, so much awesome jujitsu and grappling. You know that you can watch it all live or on demand, only on floor grappling. Man, I think that's probably a good place to uh, to cap it off. We'll, uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks, right? Good to be back. That was a lot of fun, boys. 
See you again next time.